podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Wizards fans, and welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast. It's your host, the real Ed Oliver, with my guy, Brandon Scott. I just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today, we have special guest, Carita Park, CEO of Double Take Sports. She is a beat reporter for the Wizards and the Commanders and the Washington Mystics. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. It's been a long day, but I am feeling good. Good to be here. <laughs> always Sports always breaks the ice during my day. So, Right, definitely. Yeah. Before we get into the Wizards talk, we'll just get a, a quick prediction for the Thursday night football game for the Commanders. What is your score prediction? Prediction and who do you have winning against the Chicago Bears? Okay, I have to be consistent. I said 21-24 on my podcast. And I said the Bears because Washington hasn't showed me yet that they can that they can win a, a winnable game. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean the Bears were pretty competitive last Sunday. They still lost, but they were competitive. So that is that was my score prediction. Mm, it hurts. It I definitely hurts want there, to see man. a Commanders win. That's for sure. So if I'm wrong, I want to be wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> it hurts. It. I mean, I have the same. I have them losing 17-14. But if they do lose tomorrow night, I need somebody to be fired. Ooh. Yeah. Well, Matt Rule got fired. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't know. We shall see. Right. Definitely. All right, let's get to the Wizards talk. So Denny Avdia, he announced today that uh, he had a, he had, we already know that he had a groin injury during Euro, Euro basket, but he also went into more detail saying that, um, you know, he was, you know, taking pills because the pain was so hard he could barely walk. Um, he's doing three on three now. So I just want to get your um, season expectations for Denny. And I know you specialize in public relations. Do you think that's something that he should have released? Um, to the media, that information that he was going through that during Eurobasket. Um, and uh, what are your thoughts about his uh, rotation and what, what kind of minutes do you see him getting for this upcoming season? Yeah, I think they're going to be slow with getting Denny back in the lineup. I mean, I think that they're going to, as when he's ready, I think that they will fold him back in, but they're going to be really careful with his minutes. Um, just yesterday after the open practice, Coach Unsell was talking just about KP. And it was the same approach. Like, you know, they let him play, but they were also very careful in taking him out. So I think they're going to kind of see how Denny progresses. It's definitely going to affect his minutes. I don't expect to see him, you know, much in the beginning, the first couple games of the season. I think we'll have to go from there. But we didn't even know he had a groin injury until media day, actually. And everybody was like, oh, Denny's injured? So, and it does hasn't seemed to got it hasn't seemed to gotten too too much better you know he is making progressions but i think it's going to take some time and then to your question about should he have revealed the fact that he was taking pills because the pain was uh so much probably not in the way that he did but one thing i've noticed with the guys denny and ruby there's that language barrier right so they don't always communicate uh they don't hold back on their communication is what i'm trying to say so 
while he probably shouldn't have necessarily revealed that information, I don't think he realized that it was something that he probably should have kept to himself. I think he was being very honest. And, but I don't, I'm not too worried about Denny in that comment. But overall, I definitely think it's probably something he should have kept to himself. But I also don't think he meant any harm. Right. Yeah. It's, it's tough because I don't know if, you know, Tommy Shepard knew the information. Of course, we know that he's very passionate. He wanted to play for his, his country. You know, he's playing very well in Eurobasket. So it, it's a it's a tough situation. Uh, how did he look in the open practice yesterday as well? And do you think he would be ready for for the first game of the season? I mean, it was the same thing. It was very light. He wasn't you know, he didn't do a, a lot of extensive work. And we've been seeing him also in other practices and he he hasn't been playing that much with the guys. You know, he's been shooting around at least the open portion part of the practice because we don't see the whole practice. They only have a certain portion open to media. So every time I've seen Denny, he's been mostly kind of doing his own work on the side or working with somebody else doing work. Um, so, I mean, it's been a slow go for him. That's why I think it's going to continue to be a slow go. Right. And Brandon, you can go ahead. Um, I'm not too concerned right now because with the way that Rui's playing, way Kuz is playing, you know, death is a good thing. But I think that the three spot is in safe hands right now with Rui and even Kuz. You know, we always talk about how versatile this his lineup is. You know, you have a lot of guys who can play the three. So while I'm, you know, I want to see him come out and play, you know, Rui's showing out. So like I said, I have no problem with them taking a, you know, kind of wait and see approach with it. So you know, I, I totally agree. But, you know, I want to bring this up. And, you know, we were talking about this earlier and we talked about it on uh, past episodes. I think they really have to revisit, you know, these guys going to play overseas. And I say that because, look, this is a business. And, you know, here we are going into the regular season, going through the preseason right now. And you have a key part of this team that is on the on the bench right now. You know, they really have to revisit either, you know, whether they're going to let these guys go over and play or, there's going to be some change of schedule, you know, so that, you know, FIBA doesn't kind of mess with the NBA schedule because I have a problem with it. You know, like I said, you have a guy who is a key part of that team who's on the bench. So I think they really need to revisit that, in my opinion. So, Yeah, I mean, what's different, it's different than the WNBA, right? Those ladies go overseas to play because they have to to supplement their income, but they don't even really want to. It's more of an income financial decision. But in the case of Denny and a lot of the players in the NBA, they don't have to go play overseas, especially Denny. He didn't. That's not necessarily a need for him, in my opinion. So I, I would agree with the fact that it's unfortunate that he. Yes, it is helping him further develop. But in my opinion, I think he could have been just fine um, continuing to develop with his team. You know, there's some things he could have done in, um, in the off season here in the States because you don't want that to happen. I mean, what if his injury was worse? Oh, I totally agree. And that's why, you know, like I said, they had to revisit this because look, this is a business. So these, you know, you know, we got to treat this as a business. You know, I think it's a good thing that they go overseas and they play for their respective countries. You know, pride of countries are very important. But like I said, you know, this is a business. So, I, I, you know, in my humble opinion, I think they need to revisit that, you know, because just, you know, if you look at uh, Danilo, he got hurt. You know, saying he's a key piece of his team. So, you know, you, I just I'm not a big fan of it. I think that it, it, we really need to revisit that. But 
I mean, overall, I'm not too concerned. Like I said, really has showed out. He has impressed me this preseason so far. He's working on his defense, which was the biggest problem with his game. Because, I mean, look, he's a three-level scorer. He can score. There's not – he's never been his issue. You know, him being at the four or the three, you know, especially with his stacked Eastern Conference, he has to be above average defensively. Because if you want to go through the Philadelphia 76ers, you got to go through Tobias Harris. You know, if you, you got to, you know, if you want to go through Brooklyn, you got to go through KD. You know, you, you got to have a wing who's, who can defend. And so that would be my biggest knock on him. But I'm very optimistic. I'm very optimistic about this upcoming season. Yeah, I agree. I do think they'll be fine. They have a little bit more depth um, in that position. So I, I'm not too worried about it either. Unless somebody else gets injured. <laughs> then I'm gonna be worried. <laughs> right, knock on wood. Then um, Brandon, yeah, you can go go ahead with your question after a quick word from Bet Online from Brandon. Yes, sir. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events including major league baseball mma boxing and even golf head to betonline.net or use a mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts so as you know this all season we acquired monte morris and delon Wright for the starting and backup point guard position now could you see delon Wright maybe pushing monte for the starting position, considering his length, his defensive powers, and the fact that he can shoot from a above average percentage behind the three-point line. Yeah, I definitely can see him pushing Monty um, at that particular position. It's hard. I, I definitely think it's a little hard for me to see him coming into the season as the starter, but I can see the possibility of him starting throughout the season. I think they're going to probably still stick with Monty um, as their main starter. But I also think we'll we'll see more of right kind of kind of them splitting minutes, so to speak, is where where I'm really going with it. I think we'll probably see them splitting minutes or someone playing more minutes than the other. Um, so I think they're kind of going to go back and forth. But to your point, Delon Wright has uh, different strengths than Monty Morris. He's he's a bigger guy. Um, like you said, he's a bit he's better on the defensive end, and Monty doesn't have the size going working in his favor so but i do think that we're going to see monty for start most of the season now unless something well i won't say that because coach unsell jr he's known to like play with the lineups too so if he sees something that's working he's not afraid to make a tough decision so i wouldn't be completely surprised but i do think we're going to mostly see them splitting minutes unless unless we see a rotation that starts to really work and then i think he's going to roll with that I completely agree. I think that going into the season, Monte Morris will be the starter, considering his experience with West Unsell's system. But I think that, you know, that is the one thing I love about this team is the depth and how you have a lot of players who can play multiple positions. You know, Monte can't play the two guard. And same thing with the line right. So, you know, I think there's a lot of potential for West to kind of tinker with the lineup and kind of, you know, and he has a blessing that he hasn't had for years past. The ability to kind of you know, look at your matchups and game plan. You know, I, I was laughing with Ed the, the episode before. You know, a couple of years ago, Isaac Bonga was our starting wing. So we've come a long way, you know, so we have a <laughs> lot. <more. laughs> it is Isak. 
Esau. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> so, I mean, we've come a long way, you know. So, this the, the fact that we have so many different pieces that we can kind of throw here and there. You know, you can throw Rui the four to three, Kuz the three to four. You know, Taj could play center or power forward. I mean, it's just so many possibilities. So, I completely agree. I think that his familiarity with the system is going to give him the edge. Uh-huh. Same with Will Barton at the at the at the wing. But I think gradually, as the season goes on, you can see Rui start. You can see Denny start, considering how he takes that leap. You know, there's just so many possibilities. What do you think, Ed? Oh, definitely, yeah. We have a lot of depth. Um, and it, it's a good problem to have until it becomes a problem. Last year became a problem. Um, you know, Monte and West, they have that father-son relationship. They have something called the Wizards' Way. Korea, I don't know if you heard them talk about that um, in press conferences or, or media day or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's – I think – I think Monte will be a better fit, but I think DeLon Wright is really good defensively. I love the way he defended the preseason deflections. That's just something we haven't had at, at the guard spot defensively. We haven't had guys like that ever since really Gary Payton, the second who left with the Warriors and now won a championship. That's like the last defensive guy minded guard point guard that we had. So I just love seeing his defensive intensity. So maybe he could get some minutes. And I think Karuta, like what, what you're saying, a point bar point guard by committee, where it's not just one point guard getting, you know, 38 minutes to 40 minutes, like, you know, John Wall, Russell Westbrook. It's going to be a, a point guard by, by committee type of approach where we're going to have multiple guys who can go out there and defend and, and facilitate. So I think that's what, what they're looking for. Um, but my next question is, uh, through the preseason, what were some things that you liked and what are some things that you have? And, like, who are some players that have caught your eye through training camp and preseason so far? Oh, goodness. There is so much. I will say in the preseason um, and something that has carried over from last season was some of those three-point struggles. We saw them struggle in the first two preseason games. I think they were averaging about like 21 percent in their three-point shooting over those two games. But then we saw in the last preseason game, not the last, but the last one they played, we saw some improvement there. So it's interesting. I think that that stat goes up and down for them. So I'm hoping, speaking of Monty, I've seen him in practice hit three-pointer after three-pointer after three-pointer. I've actually posted it um, on my Twitter page uh, one day. So that that was interesting to me. So hopefully they kind of imp- continue to improve in that area because they definitely are going to need that three-point shooting throughout the season. Um, I also, one thing that was big on media day was KP and Brad. Like, they're really excited to have the possibility to play together. And I think we saw a little bit of a sample size of what they could possibly do. It's hard to really tell, obviously, because it's the preseason and you're only going to see so much. But I think from what we were able to see, it gives fans some hope that they'll be able to coexist together on the court. So, I mean, that was promising to me. And also, Brandon, I had Rui on my list, too. Like He was very impressive, um, especially during his games in Japan. But I think Rui needs that at this point in his career. Like he's going to have to take. I mean, to me, he's taking leaps each season, but I think he lost a little bit of time last year because he was out for a while. Like he said, he was dealing with mental health. So we're going to have to see him take another leap this season. And I think his uh, performance in the preseason so far, like I said, another promising moment for them. And hopefully that carries over to the season as well. Um, I think, like you said, DeLon Wright, 
obviously he's had some good games in the preseason, shown a lot of promise defensively, but their defense overall is still a little shaky. One of those things that has carried over for years, I promise you, ever since I have covered this team, defense, I feel every season they're like, we need to get better defensively. We got this player. We got that player so we could be better defensively. And it almost never comes together. So I hope that they shake that out this season. But like I said, it's it's still a little iffy so far from what I've seen in the preseason. So those are just like a couple of things that come straight up, straight off of my uh, top of my head as far as the preseason. But those are a couple of things that I've liked and some things I haven't liked. Okay. And uh, how about Johnny Davis? Johnny Davis. I knew y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I know Wizards fans are like, on oh, Johnny Davis. I mean, he's struggled. He's struggled. Mm. Um, ironically, I, and I, I don't I don't know if I can, if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Like I said, media, we don't see all of practice. But I haven't, I in the portion that I've been able to watch, I just haven't seen seen him much out there during that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what that means per se. But he's struggling. And he he I think he still needs to continue to be around these vets though. Um and continue to have the opportunity to learn from them. And with Corey Kisper out, he may end up having to step up a little bit uh, quicker than he thought. So I think he's just going to have to really get it together and get it together fast because he might be needed earlier than anticipated. Right. So you do you see any G League games in his future? Uh, it's hard for me to – I won't say it's impossible. I mean, they might, but it's also hard for me to see them sending their first rounder to the G League. Mm-hmm. You know, so and I know Tommy Shepard has kind of been vocal about not really wanting to have first rounders in the like they shouldn't be in the G League, which I get it. So I don't know if I see that. I, I don't know if I see that. Could he use some extra? <laughs> could he use all the <laughs> extra work he could get? Yeah, but I think we have to remember he was a slow starter in college too. But once he found his rhythm, he found his rhythm and he ended up being a first round draft pick. So. I do think he just needs more time. Yeah, that's what I, has time, by the way. Right, and that's what I said too. You know, Wisconsin averaged like six or seven points a game his freshman year, and then he, you know, took off and was a Big Ten Player of the Year, averaged eighteen points a game his sophomore year. So it shows that he he has the willing, he has the dog or the want to to improve. He definitely has a struggle. He definitely has struggle. I think the G League will help him out, but I think, like you said, with the injuries, Denny being out, who knows if he'll be back for the first game of the year? Corey Kiffer's out for four to six weeks. Brad and health and safety protocols, he should, he's, you know, he exited, but you just don't know. So he may have to play some spot minutes here and there. Right. Um, but yeah. And, and he finally scored his first basket. He went 0 for 12. Me and Brandon were excited, you know, <laughs> when he finally scored. So he did show some flashes in the last preseason game. So I was, and I he was, needs more of that to gain confidence. Definitely. To be honest, I mean, he's got to gain his confidence. I mean, Denny also, I mean, Denny didn't struggle in the way that Johnny is struggling, so I'm not implying mm-hmm. that at all. But Denny did have his struggles, too, in his rookie year, and then we saw him in his second year because, um, you know, the game was coming at him fast, and, and you could tell that he was a bit, like, you know, flustered. But Denny's also got that, like, I ain't backing down personality, too. 
Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see with Johnny Davis. And I'm not giving him an excuse, but I also learned that he just had a baby not too long ago. So he's 21 with a newborn at home mm-hmm. and trying to um <laughs> play basketball. I feel like to me that's a lot for a 21-year-old to be taken to take on, but that's just my opinion. But I'm sure that does have some impact on his production too. That's no excuse for summer league. I know guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's 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 had to grow up fast and you know I haven't seen a Taco Bell commercial in a while. So he's got to get those back going. So I'm gonna go into my question. Okay. This is a two-part question. As you know, this all season we signed Bradley Bill to the Supermax. Mm-hmm. All right. And included with that Supermax was a no-trade clause and a trade kicker. So at this point, is his contract untradeable? I mean, it sounds untradeable. But then Tommy Shepard has worked some magic with these contracts. I mean, there's some contract. Like, I didn't think John Wall would contract would have been tradable. But somehow Tommy Shepard worked it out. But, I mean, to me, I think it still makes it tough. I mean, who wants to pick up that kind of money? And Bradley Beal, you know, in my opinion, he's not like a LeBron James or, you know, someone like that. So I do still think it's, it'll be hard. It would be hard to, for anyone to want to pick up that contract. So, I mean, I, you would think that they would have learned their lesson with John Wall's Supermax deal that to me, they got lucky to get to uh, be, that they had an opportunity to trade John Wall with the whole Russell Westbrook contract. So, but they believe in Bill's Bill's ability. He's the face of the fan franchise, and so that's the contract. But I do definitely think it's fairly untradeable. I think it's totally untradeable. And you hit the nail <laughs> on the head. You know, you would think they learn a lesson. I mean, we could talk about John Wall. Let's go even farther. Gilbert Arenas. I mean, Gilbert probably showed up to sign a contract on one leg. I mean, you know, it's just how many times do you have to learn this lesson before you, you know, you realize that you can't pay one guy this amount of money. It's it's almost impossible to build around him. You know, I think that the acquisition of KP was a big move. You know, mm-hmm. on one hand, we got rid of Dinwiddie and Bertans, and then we acquired a guy who, yes, he's injury prone, but his upside is all-star potential. You know, if you look at the move sending Russell Westbrook to L.A., good move because you got you found a guy that could be a long-term piece in Kyle Kuzma, and then you had a couple pieces that you could flip for more talent. So I think that, you know, me and they always say that we are very impressed by Tommy, the GM, as far as trading. Now, his draft game needs a little work, you know, in my opinion. But that's a whole other subject. <laughs> but, I mean, it's hard. You know, you if you add a trade kicker, that's hard. And then you throw in a no trade clause. I mean, there's so many guys that lead to have a no trade clause. And I mean, his this... agent was smart. Oh, his agent. Somebody need to hire this guy because, I mean, this contract is bananas. I mean, just. You know, we can go on and on about whether he should have been traded. In my opinion, I'm one of those people to think that, you know, this, this previous offseason, you saw the whole deal with um, Golden State where they had the seventh, 14th pick, uh, Wiggins. They were talking about Jordan Poole in a deal. I would have did that in a heartbeat. So, you know, we keep we kept waiting on these deals to pass us by when it came to Bradley Bill. And now we're in a position where, look, hate him, love him, he's here. He's a franchise guy. You know, obviously he's not in the tier with LeBron James, Giannis, 
but he's a very, I mean, he's top 10 shooting guard. So mm-hmm. I think that if they can adequately build around him, which is going to be hard, but he's going to have to be a wizard, no pun intended, trying to get, you know, get guys to DC. But I think if you surround him with the right pieces, this is definitely a playoff team. Now, contender, you're going to have to go grab another mar- marquee guy. So, you know, there's, there's names that have been floated out there. You know, we were you know, trying to get Murray. Um, SGA in Oklahoma City was a name that was floated around. So I think eventually we're going to have to, you know, I always say that we're going to have to do a consolidation trade. You know, one of these guys are going to have to be flipped. One of the young guys, maybe Kuz, maybe Barton, but we're going to have to flip somebody if you really want to bring that third guy. And I know a lot of people say that you don't need a big three, but I mean, with this team, you're going to need another top score in my opinion so it's gonna be hard i mean this is probably the hardest contract we've had in dc other than you know i I hate to cross sports but steven strasburg with nationals you know he's been hurt a couple years and you you see what he's getting so this is going to be a hard contract to move on for so what do you think Ed? um yeah it's tough Uh, we're just seeing like russell westbrook he's been he was traded from the rockets to the wizards to the lakers so Teams are flipping guys, and there's teams like the Thunder that will just take on these big contracts as long as they can get picks and accumulate picks. Um, so, guys, they're just finding ways for people to be traded. James Harden was traded. So, a lot of big contracts have been traded. Uh, like you see, John Wall was traded. And, and guys are being traded and getting bought out, too. So, that, those are some moves that are made, too. You might have to add a first-round pick. You know, of course, we had to add a first-round pick to John Wall to flip him for Russell Westbrook. That's kind of biting us in, in the back right now because all these protections on the pick. So um, it's like every time we think somebody, their contract, Blake Griffin was traded to. So it's like every time we think somebody's contract's untradeable, you got to give it a couple years, and then there's some team that will just take these these contracts if you add picks to, to them. So you, we may have to add a first-round pick if it doesn't work out. Um, but hopefully, you know, it was Bradley Bill day yesterday. So hopefully uh, it brings some optimism. Hopefully it, all this works out and we are able to, you know, make make the playoffs this year, make a push where it, it's, it's worthwhile to bring Bradley Bill back on this deal. But it, it, it's tough. It's very it makes it very tough for Tommy Shepard. It makes his job very hard. And it's going to be tough to build around Bill. It really is. I mean, they they were very committed, very committed to building this team around Bradley Beal. They have been for the past couple of years. Hopefully they find the right guys to put around him be, so there can be some consistency and, like you said, a playoff push. I'm going to throw a dynamic out there. If you look at some of these guys with these supermaxes that were able to be moved, the point guards. You know, point guard is the quarterback of, you know, of the team in basketball. You know, that's the guy that runs the show. And it, very often tonight in the NBA, you know, older guys can still get these jobs because, you know, th- there's a lot of skill that goes into point guard. You know, even at an older age, you might lose your scoring, but you still have that vision. You know, people are still trying to get Mike Conley. People are still talking to Ricky Rubio. You know, Chris Paul, Look, I mean, look at the age that he got his deal. Mm-hmm. You know, point guard is just a different position. You know, two guard, you know, very often tonight you see two guards. That, you know, look, Bradley Bill already had an injury last year with a shoot hand. You don't know what to expect. I mean, we're hoping that he comes in and he becomes a Brad Bill of before where he's a scorer, especially now that we have a point guard who can push the pace and who can distribute. He's going to get those open shots. But, hey, what if Bradley Bill isn't healed? What if he takes more a dip in production? You know, and that's why you look at his deal. It's like, wow, we're, you know, we're in this thing because as a player, 
you know, even if I struggle, look, look how much money I'm getting for the next four years. I mean, there's no, you know, I, I'm sitting here. <laughs> so it's, it's going to be a hard contract. And especially for um, positions where scoring's involved, because <laughs> once you slow down in production, that's tough. You know, point guards are going to get that money. Chris Paul, look at the age. I mean, so that's, I think that's the dynamic that we kind of have to look at is that his position is, you know, with two guards, once they lose that production, I mean, look at James Harden. Embiid himself said, this is not the James Harden from Houston. You know, we saw that his game is slowing down a little bit. So they're asking him to be more of a playmaker. You know, if you look at, you know, so I think he will be okay because we know that Brad can bring the ball up. He has other areas of the game that, where he can contribute. But it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough one. Yeah, and his health, I, we've only seen, like I said, a sample size. His wrist is still going to be a question. We need to see him in the regular season and what's that looking like. But even prior to him signing his contract, last season wasn't Brad's best season, even before he got injured. But, you know, it is what it is now, and we'll see. Yeah, um, it, it definitely was an underwhelming season last year. Um, I just thought he didn't fit well next to some guys on the roster. Um, I do think Monte Morris is a better fit. I'm intrigued to see him play with Porzingis and play with such a talented big. Um, he did look good in that preseason game. He only played a couple minutes, but I thought that he looked really healthy he um, against the Warriors in Japan, so I, I was encouraged by that. Uh, but I did want to talk about Rui. I know a lot of the extension deadline is coming up for guys like him who are going going into a contract season. This is a huge year for him. Um, the Celtics, they already announced that they're unlikely to give Grant Williams a contract extension. The Knicks already announced that they're not going to give Cam Reddish a, a contract extension. How likely do you see Rui getting an extension, a contract extension before the season starts? And then who do you see in the starting five? Do you see Rui making a push to be in the starting five? So as far as the extension, in my opinion, I don't think that they should sign an extension before the season. He mm -hmm. played great in Japan, but we still, I personally think they still need to see what Rui does, you know, throughout the season. But not only that, to me, you don't want to give out an extension so early because that is going to limit what you can do, who you can bring in, who you can sign, who else you can extend. So I think that they need to wait on that a little bit and make sure it is completely the right decision as, as far as that's concerned. So that is in regards to his contract. I mean, Rui's been in the starting lineup before, so I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him again at some point during the season. I do think the starting lineup, at least in the beginning of the season, is going to be Brad, KP. Um, I'm going with Monty Morris, probably Will Barton, and Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. Um, I, I'll oh, go ahead, Brent. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree. I agree. I think when you look at Monte Morris and Will Barton, they naturally can fit right in because of the familiarity with the system. I think that's okay. a big reason why they brought them brought them to DC. You know, more guys that know the system. Um, I always say that with Wes's system, you know, I'm, I'm looking for him to kind of tinker with it a little bit because last season and really in Denver, his offensive tempo was a little slow, you know. And last year with Spencer Dinwiddie, the, the offense was way too slow. It was just it, it dragged down. You know, by the time they set up, you know, you already got 20 seconds off the clock. And then he's, you know, he's hot potatoing that, you know. So I think Monte Morris offers a good dynamic as far as pushing the tempo. Look, Bradley Bill plays well with fast point guards 
who can penetrate and distribute the ball. You know, the last preseason game, Monte Morris was cold, yet his assist numbers were up there. You know, he can contribute. You know, years pass. You know, we had a lot of combo guards. You know, we go, I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, people forget Tim Frazier. You know, so we, you know, we've had a lot of experiments with the point guard position, but he played well with Russ that one year. Look, look at, I mean, that was a career high in points and it was an all-star, all, uh, you know, all NBA. So he, he plays well with a distributing point guard. So I'm very intrigued. I like what I see from these new additions. Um, DeLon Wright was a good move for second unit. Um, you just have so many guys who can, you know, mix in and out of different lineups. It's just a lot of potential. So I, I love what I see. But before we move on, I'm going I'm to put you on the spot. I always put people on the spot. So I got a question for you. Now, I got three players for you. Will Barton, he's on his fine contract. Kyle Kuzma, player option. And you have Rui, restricted free agent. You got to trade one, extend one, and bench one. What you got? Oh, this is hard for me a little bit. Um, <laughs> these decisions. So. I think I'm going to extend Kuzma. I'm going to bench Rui and I'm going to trade Will Barton. The reason I decided to bench Rui is because I still feel like he has a lot of upside because of his age and um, this team. I think he would still be a good fit. I mean, I like them all. So, but you're making me make choices and decisions here. So, that, so I'm. That's kind of uh, Kyle Kuzma. I think he's been a really good fit. I like that he, to me, has like that killer instinct that I think that a lot of guys, that I have to see the, this group of guys play together more, but I do feel like that killer instinct has been missing from the Wizards from my perspective. So I like that he kind of brings that like um, swag and just not afraid to do what he needs to do. So I like that. And I think that they need that on the team. And, you know, that's, that's, Will Barton, I just traded him because I had nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to switch it up. Go I ahead, would again, Brandon. Switch it up. I would extend Rui. I would trade Kuzma, and I would slide Will Barton to the sixth man. That's exactly <laughs> what I would do. The reason for that, I think Kuzma, I, I would love to see him long-term here in D.C., but Rui, I think he's shown enough potential wise and, you know, he's improved every year he's been in the league. You know, last season you had a lot going on, but he's improved. You know, he's, he is an above average defensive guy away from being a really, really good player in a building piece. So, you know, his age alone, I would extend him easy and, you know, restricted free agent, you know, I can, I can match deals. I feel like I have a lot more flexibility. Whereas with Kuz, you know, we don't know. I mean, there's been reports that they're working on an extension, but things change. You know, we start out 10 and 19. Does he really want to stay? And then with that player option, you know, you you kind of got to move him. And with Will Barton, you know, I think he works best as a six man. That's just my opinion. I think, you know, starting out the season, he will start at the three, in my opinion. But I think long term going forward with the season, you could see him go to the six man role. So what, what do you think? 
Um, yeah, I could definitely see Will Barton getting traded. Kind of, he he just reminds me of a, a KCP. How they flip KCP for a player or for for a pick. And Montrezl Harrell, they traded him before the deadline. So I think I think like you said, Will Barton would be better suited as that six man. He's he's such a great scorer. He's such a good ball handler. He's such a good isolation player. Um, I'm really excited. I love what I saw from him in the preseason too, but I just don't see him being here long term. Um, Rui. I would like to see him get an extension. It's 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 a good question. It really is. There's no perfect is. answer tough. to it. I mean, that was you know, tough. <laughs> Brandon, yeah, he likes to put people in the hot seat. That's what I always say. But um, it's it's something that we have to see by the deadline. And Tommy Shepard has a lot of decisions to make. Um, so it's tough. I mean, like you said, if, if the year is is going south, which hopefully it doesn't, then Tommy Shepard is going to have to make some moves and, and trade some guys for some picks because that first-round pick is, is protected, and we need more picks. We need more ammo. Um, I'm not saying to position yourself for the draft, but there is Victor Winyama and there's Scoot Henderson. There's some really good prospects coming out this year. So that's if things go south. But um, I think Rui looks good, man. And I think the way he's playing, I think he's determined. And I think he's going to push push the Wizards where they're, they're going to have to pay him this offseason. If he keeps playing the way he's playing, they're, they're going to have to make a tough decision. They're, they're going to have to pay Rui. And then Kuzma, too, he's, he's balling, too. So he's going to probably opt out of his $13 million contract and uh, one more money than, than what he's getting. And there's, there's some teams that are definitely going to be looking for his services that are making play, playoff, pushes, playoff pushes as well. He's proven himself, so you're right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a hard question. <laughs> I mean, because I like Kuz. I would like to see him here long term. But like I always say, if you're going to extend Kuz, then why do you need really? And, and likewise, you know, if I'm going to pay – Kuz starter money because he's going to want more money. If I'm paying him starter money, I'm not going to pay 10 15 for a guy to, to be a bench for. It's just me. So, you know, I think one of them are going to end up being moved. And I think it's going to be Kuz just because of the player option. You know, hopefully, I mean, we're being optimistic and hopefully, you know, we start out strong. But, you know, that possibility if we start out slow, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of questions with this roster. You know, there's a lot of room for optimism. But in the same token, you know, if things go wrong, they're going to go wrong because you're on the hook for Bradley Bill's contract for a minute. And then, you know, you know, long-term you got to look at KP is, does he want to be here long-term? So there's, there's a lot of questions, a lot of questions. Yeah. You don't want to make the same mistake with, you know, that they made with Bertans. I think Kuz is a way better player than Bertans and same thing with Barton. Um, but you know, they, they, you know, they had offers to trade him. Uh, they ended up paying him, and they they ended up regretting. I didn't think Bertans was gonna you know turn out as bad as he did, yeah. uh, but it's it's uh, <laughs> it's something that you look back on as like, hey, you know, we definitely should have traded him before we signed him to a contract. But well, that was a lot of money. Yeah, it, it was. And uh, last question I have for you, Karita, is what bold prediction do you have for the season, and what's your record prediction for the Wizards in this twenty twenty three season? Bold Coming prediction. Up. Hmm. I mean, I don't know if this is that bold, but I do think Rui's going to have a breakout season. That's going to be my bold prediction. I think I, – I also think it does work in their favor if they didn't extend him to your point because he's probably going to play hard, harder. Um, but either way, I think Rui's got a good work, work ethic, but I am going to go with he's going to have a breakout season this year. My prediction, so just based on their record last year, and I got to see these guys on the court 
because I've, I've been here before. We, I look at the roster and I'm optimistic and then it's a completely different product than I expected. I do, I do have more optimistic expectations of this roster, but for now I'm going to go with like 42, 40. Yeah, that's reasonable. I mean, the Eastern Conference is everybody got better. The Hawks got better. The Cavs got better. They both made blockbuster trades. The Nets have guys coming back. Ben Simmons is going to be healthy. Uh, they made moves over the offseason. The Bucks are the Bucks. The Heat are the Heat. The Sixers are good. So it's not the it's not the East of two years ago where teams were making the, the playoffs being thirty nine and forty three and having losing records like we did. We were thirty eight and forty four when it, we made the playoffs. So. You got to have a winning record just to even make it to the play in this year. I feel like so. I, I think forty-two and forty is really a huge leap mm-hmm. as of yet on their record as of yet. Um, but that's where I am at the start of the season. I may I may feel differently mid-season, but that's where I am right now. Definitely, Brandon. Did you have anything else? Um, I'm rolling with forty-five thirty-seven. And I say that because I'm very, very optimistic. I, I have a couple guys who are going to break out. I believe that Denny and Rui both break out. I've seen enough. Now, obviously, Denny is a little more of a question mark because of the injury. How does he respond to the groin? And That's the groins the only be, reason, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the groin can be tricky. And, you know, he even admitted, you know, it was a lot more serious than we thought it was. And, you know, and another thing you got to look at, you know, how does the league and the team respond to those comments? You know, because, you know, I know that, you know, I, I don't know. You, you, they could take a look at his comments because, you know, but, you know, beyond that, I think that Denny takes a step forward. I think that, you know, with him working on the shot with Drew Hanlon, you know, what you saw in FIBA, and we saw enough from Rui that he's going to, I think he's going to take a step forward with his defensive prowess. So I see both of them taking a step forward. I think that Brad Coos and KP are going to find the chemistry. You know, they already, you know, they're working on it in LA with the mini camp. I think, I mean, imagine, you know, imagine this team pushing the pace, finding open shooters, picking a run with KP and Gaff. I mean, this could be a dangerous team. You know, the East is loaded. I get it. But we have seen an energy. We've seen chemistry that we have not seen from past Wizards teams. You know, this team is focused. You know, this team knows that they're underdogs. This team knows that people are writing them off. You know, ask most people. A lot of people don't have a lot of love for the Wizards. I mean, this is a loaded Eastern Conference. So I think this team is an underdog team. It's a sleeper team. I think they're going to surprise people. Well, speaking of which, um, Monty Morris, I asked him, you know, what he likes about the roster. And the first one of the first things he said is, I don't like how we're not in the conversation about the, in the Eastern Conference. He was like, I got a chip on my shoulder. Everybody got a chip on their shoulder. And then he told the media, we should have a chip on our shoulder. So, I mean, at that point, I was like, okay, I like I liked his energy and like his thought process. So, I mean, you are right about that. They're definitely underdogs right now. And I, you know, I mean, we're all kind of around the same with our record, except I don't know, Ed, I haven't heard yours, but yeah. Um, last year I was tricked and hoodwinked once they were 10 and three into thinking we were going to win 50 games. And we haven't done that since 1979. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with, I'm thinking 41, 41, 42 and 40. That's what I'm thinking right now. I, the over under is 35 and a half. So I think that is a little disrespectful. I think they're definitely going to smash that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I see, I see 41, 41, 42 and 40. And I did want to add, because you talked about chemistry, Brandon, um, but outside of just on the court, 
because we're not dealing with COVID, like these, this particular roster has had more time to actually be together. Like they do hang out off the court. Like they would talk about being at Kuz's house. And so there's a lot more off the court chemistry too. And I think that that will translate as well onto the court. So I think that's good. That is something that has stood out to me is they've talked a lot a lot about like chemistry and camaraderie and just the things that they've done, team dinners, just things that they couldn't do during COVID. That's awesome because, you know, we've seen the situation with Draymond Green and, Dr and Jordan Poole. And then, you know, last year, Montrez Harrell and, and KCP, they got into an altercation. Denny and Bertans, they got an altercation last year. So chemistry is huge with this roster. I think that was a huge problem last year. Yeah. Um, as far as guys, you know, not getting along and ruffling feathers and whatnot. So that that is huge. That is huge. Totally agree. Um, like you know, like I said, you see an energy, you see a focus with this team that you haven't seen for past teams. And I think there's, you know, I, I think it has a lot to do with leadership. You know, Brad is stepping up, you know. Yeah. I mean, everybody above is stepping up. If you look at the comments that Tommy and Wes made early on, they realize where they're at. You know, they know that they are really slept on team. Not a lot of people are really rooting for us right now. So, I, you know, Monte Morris and Will Barton, that was, in my opinion, the best under-the-radar move this offseason because they fit two needs, better three-point shooting and better tempo in the point guard position. So, hey, I'm very, very optimistic about team. I mean, I guess I'm a little more optimistic because I said 45 wins, but I'm just saying. But <laughs> Go ahead and say 50, Brandon. Go ahead and say 50. <laughs> I ain't that optimistic. <laughs> I'm just going off past experience. When I go too, when I get too far down the the path, you know, they reel me back in. So, but I don't want to drag on and on. However, I don't want to not talk about like Wes Unsell Jr. Because him coming into his second year, I think he's a lot more confident as like being the head of this team. You know, he kind of, last year he was hired. He wasn't a part of all the decision-making processes just because of the time that he came in when he was hired. Um, so I do think now he feels like, okay, I'm I'm here. This is my team and this is what I'm doing. Um, so I think even he has a different level of confidence as a coach of the Wizards. hundred percent. I mean, he was a rookie head coach, so I, I, I could tell too. Um, there were some times where I was I was disappointed with Wes. I mean, I thought that Clippers 35-point debacle collapse game was a lot of that was on Wes, in my opinion. And then you brought up defense. You know, here he's a defensive-minded head coach, and we actually regressed from Scott Brooks' defense. They finished 20th, which is not great in defensive efficiency. But last year with Wes, they finished 25th, so it's like they regressed statistically. Um, and I think, like we talked about policing the locker room, you know, getting helping, you know, police in the locker rooms. I think it got a little out of hand last year. Um, players in co press conferences making comments about not knowing their roles and different things like that. Um, I think that's something that he's definitely going to improve on it. Bringing in Monte Morris and Will Barton, guys that he feels like he can trust to, I feel like that's certainly going to help him out. And he knows what to expect from Brad. He's coached Porzingis for 17 games. I thought they, I thought Porzingis did a good job last year. Under West Hustle Jr. So I could definitely see him being more confident coming into this year as well. Totally agree. Totally agree. I, I think that, again, I'm emphasize this is a very slept on team. But we're going to go ahead and wrap it up tonight, guys. Karina, thank you for coming on tonight. You're welcome. Thanks for Enjoy having me. Enjoy the conversation. Um, is there anything you wanted to plug? 
I do. So I have something, a big announcement on Friday regarding some of my wizard's work. So stay tuned to my social media at Carita C. Parks because um, that announcement will be coming out soon. Uh, and also just follow my uh, sports company, Double Take Sports, at DBL Take Sports. But at Carita C. Parks is where you can find my whole body of work, NBA, WNBA. And of course, the commanders. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all better check her out because she knows what she's talking about. Thanks. Thanks again for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022. A six-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NBA season. The local team experts and the NBA insiders of Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey all combined into one Ultimate NBA Preview. Search for Ultimate Pro NBA Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app. YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Again, thank you for coming on tonight and appreciate everybody. Have a good night.